0: With Adam R. Welcome to 3PR. I'm your host, Adamar, and joining me for this episode is Denise Stoner. Denise, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good. Let's uh, let's begin with this. Let's let everyone know who you are and how you got to where you're with Mufon, right? Uh, let's talk about how you got started. And we'll put you on that path.
1: Uh, well, my lifetime experiences, for one thing, began at age two and a half. Um, of course, I had a working career with the government, um, ended and retired with the military as a civil servant. Um, so I kept kind of on the low side while I was doing that um, because they frown on you explaining, talking, uh, showing anything to do with that. At least they used to. Right. Um, so then uh, I joined MUFON in 2002 because I'd had – uh, someone come out and check my home and do some, um, oh, they were looking for paranormal, but they were also looking for what had happened to me. And after that, I decided I would become a field investigator. And now I'm the state director of Florida, assistant state director of the Experiences Resource Team.
0: Excellent. So for you, let's let's talk about... Um, Somebody invested before we get to your personal story let's talk about some of the investigations you've done that caught your your interest
1: well i i am looking for commonalities also i think it's very important to take a look at those uh, because then you can draw a comparison uh helps you solve um possibly. uh, What was going on? Were they involved in a craft? Did they see ETs? What did the ETs look like? Uh, Comparison of all of that. And also physical, um, because people have had, I wouldn't call them wounds, but bruises, um, marks. And so we we collect those so that we can see if any of those match up. Um, But I will say that one of my most interesting cases uh, ended up being a young girl, still in high school, who claimed that she was a possible hybrid. Hmm. She sent me pictures of herself, um, and you could see things that were different about her physical makeup. Uh, She was very tiny. Um, and she sent me a picture of herself holding her cell phone, told me what kind it was, and her fingers, long and thin, wrapped all the way around the cell phone. Now, most women, especially when they're tiny, that isn't going to happen. It did with her. Um, In her school, her high school, she was small, like I said, but she could outrun the male seniors and the coach caught that and asked her if she would join um, the men in racing and she beat them. But then she said she didn't want to be made something that people would stare at. So she stopped. Um, She told me some things about herself that were, she was very psychic Um, She had visitors in her home, and certain animals were attracted to her. Uh, If she opened her bedroom window, she took pictures of this for me also. Little birds would come and land on the screen and just want to sit and look at her. Um, So there are many of those types of things with her that were highly unusual. Um, And I'm still working with her. So it's been many years. She was a, just out of junior in high school when she contacted me, and she's now twenty eight.
0: You know, it, it's it sounds like the um, <clears throat> you know our, our visitors clearly have a better software uh, in their computer, their brain, and it sounds to me like her ability to perceive and and uh, send data forward. Perhaps maybe that's what it is, because a hybrid program, and I, I've discussed this with a lot of people, a hybrid program would take millennia, long time. It's not going to happen in, 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 a, in a human lifetime. It's going to be a very, thousands of years. It, even if we, with our technology, found another planet and they're, they're, it had an atmosphere and, and the gas that they breathe there is different than ours, so we can't breathe it, for us to have a, a hybrid program, forget it. That's, that's an, ex, an extraordinarily long time. So, I think there's two parts, or there's a few parts to it, anyway. Uh, I think we're under observation because they're going to monitor our, our evolution. Clearly, it's interesting as a species amongst many they watch. And you know, the other part, if they're going to do a hybrid program, it's going to require a lot of time. And then there's the, the the small like for her, for example, um, she might be her Jeanette, her family anyway, right? Because I've been there's another thing I've been learning is uh, a lot of families with encounters, it's generational. And so perhaps maybe she is like, you know, gen seven and it's getting to the point where they could breathe the air and it could still feel the differences. Uh, The acclimation period might be longer because if she's out running the male students um, and she's a small girl, you know, you know, running fast requires certain muscle tone. And so she's doing it naturally. It's a it's it's interesting. I'll say that much.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, and the other thing is, you know, how the various military groups come out to recruit high school kids, right. usually during their senior year. So they came out um, and she wanted so much to join the Air Force. She wanted to be a pilot. And she went and spoke to one of the recruiters and he said, well, what do you know about flying? And she said, well, I've, I've got, you know, the games that they have for kids um, where you can fly helicopters and planes and so forth. And she said, I've beat all of them.
0: Yeah, the simulators. And
1: he, right. And he said, you, you what? Could you show me? She did. So they took her to the Air Force base and put her in a real simulator. And they did not have to show her a thing. Hmm. She could fly. Um, the problem, again, was her stature um her ability to uh do some of the physical and i don't mean running but some of the other things that she just she couldn't she was too short so they had to turn her down they were sorry and so was she
0: yeah i mean the g force too is another factor yeah. um all right so let's get into you you your, you had direct experiences how old was that when that started and and what you know what transpired in it
1: I well, it was two and a half. And people say, Oh, no, no, that can't be. Yes, it can, especially if there's something that triggers your memory. Right. And that was for me, uh, my mom, I'd always been there. She was always home. Um, even though my grandparents lived with us, she never hired a babysitter. So she went to the hospital to give birth to my sister. And When she was in the hospital, and they kept you five days back then um, in the early 50s. So um, I was standing on a little sofa that I had climbed up on looking out a window. And this was Hartford, Connecticut. Um, Next door was nothing but a field and some telephone lines. And I saw a huge egg shaped. It was really, really yellow gold, and it was just hovering there, and I felt like it was watching me. And at first I was little, and I thought, okay, that's Humpty Dumpty, (laughs) (laughs) anniversary rhyme character. That's who I thought it was. A child's mind's going to go, what's familiar, go to. So my grandfather came through, and I showed him. I said, look, what's Humpty Dumpty doing in the sky? And I couldn't figure out where its eyes and nose and mouth might have been because it didn't have any. So I remember today the fear on my grandfather's face. He said, let's go upstairs, read your story, and get you tucked in. So took me upstairs. We did that. And he went back down to finish the dinner dishes. My grandmother was at work. And I was just lying there. My wallpaper was full of nursery rhyme characters. So I started to look for Humpty Dumpty. He wasn't there. And I, I thought, "What? where is he? I, I really wanted to see him. You know, a child wants something, and they want it right then. Well, a little character stepped out of the wallpaper. He looked like a little hooded monk at first because he had a hood, a belt around his waist bell-shaped sleeves, and he was carrying a little instrument with a light on the end. He came up to the bed and just could look right into my eyes. He was so tiny. I looked under the hood, and I could see from the nightlight they had for me. His eyes were huge and just black and shiny, but he didn't make me afraid. I felt no fear. He put his hand out, asked me if I would go with him for a little while. And I said, yes, took his hand. And he went out into the hallway with me, touched the wall with this instrument. And we went right through the wallpaper and ended up in what was probably a craft, but I don't know. It was a metallic looking room that curved around the corner and I could see children sitting on a bench. Part of the wall curved into a bench. There were no seams, nuts or bolts. And there were children sitting down there in their pajamas and there was another little entity standing with what looked like kind of a clipboard type thing. Uh, I couldn't hear what they were saying and I just watched for a little while and then the little entity took me back. He said, well, we'll go back now. Um, but you can come again and took me back to my bed and then walked through the wallpaper and it was gone.
0: You know, so, for, so anyway, for people that are naysaying, I'd spoken to a lot of people that have encounters starting at two, three, four prior to two, it's hard, it, you know, fuzzier, but keep in mind our, our visitors are our, our observers. Uh, when they communicate, when they do anything, it seems to be very cerebral, right? So for, it's a, for yes. one, it's a profound effect on you, regardless of the age, too. Uh, when they're communicating, data is being transferred to and from, right? From your computer, your brain. And yes. so your ability to recollect might be stronger than what people think, right? Because you're getting downloads. You're not exactly, you know, reconstructing a memory from scratch. When you go through hypnosis, that data starts coming to the surface, Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. this is very evident in people who have traumatic experiences that block it out. There's a lot of people that have been uh, victims of violent crime or they've been in horrendous crashes. i even read a story of a a survivor from a plane crash where they can't Mm -hmm. recall any of it until they go into regressive hypnosis. And at said point is when they start to recollect details they, they otherwise couldn't. So for you, these things, what they're doing, and I can't even say things, uh, these beings, these these entities, they're conveying messages of comfort to you at a cerebral level. Like you just said, you didn't feel fear. It's like there was a knowing there. And when there's a knowing, that means they're transferring uh, something to your computer that's affecting the chemical response to your body. Make sense?
1: Oh, it does. Very much so. Yes. Yes. And then they build on that because that little entity, I have spent a lifetime
0: with the same one. So he's a representative for you. I hear that's common too. I hear that common. Yeah. I even hear yeah. that in the people who have experiences that push back heavily. I hear that same thing. There's one in particular representative that they that they have a more of a relationship with. True.
1: And just in the last year, I would say um, I can't pinpoint it that he showed up during a practice meditation that we were doing. um, And he looked at me and I know for a fact, he wanted to show me that he is aging.
0: He's getting old. Hmm. I would imagine they age differently from us because I'm I'm a huge fan of documentaries, especially science and space. And I often wondered if we go to another planet, like when we go to Mars, will time be the same there as it is here? Uh, the planet rotates slower. Uh, so I imagine like days would be different or in comparison to hours. So when they're not in our physical realm, when they're not here on Earth, wherever they are, they have to be aging either slower or faster, depending on the physics of where they are. That's for sure. I I truly believe that. Um, But if you lined
1: up some of these little grays, as they're known, (laughs) um, put them in a lineup. um, And if I was there and my ET was there, I could pick him out. Hmm. But anyone else, if I said, show me the difference and find the one that's mine, they could not.
0: So the connection you have is beyond that. It's it's like to to give an example of people. It's like um, your phones paired with a Bluetooth headphone, right? So you're paired. So it's yes. it's not so much something you physically point out to say that's him. It's you're paired, mm-hmm. and so there's some sort of data connection that that makes you recognize the individual.
1: I think so. I just know him, and I right. know him very well. Um. He's, I just call him mine. Uh, I feel a deep relationship with him. He has taught me through the years. Um, and I think some of the other commonalities among us, <laughs> uh, we have near-death experiences. Um, we have past life memories often. Um, and I think all of that goes to show us that there is a place and time where all
0: beings become a part of the whole, the consciousness. Hmm. You know, let me ask this. Are there any, what are the pluses and negatives? Cause so what I'm finding is some of the people have negative uh, interactions with their, with their encounter. Um, their observer keeps distance, right? Where, where people like you are more accepting. There's, there's that ability to develop a relationship. In either case, they're selecting people based on something with either a genealogy or a contribution to what it is that they're looking forward to doing.
1: I think so. so um, except I also would like to add I believe I signed up for it, I agreed to do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. What are the pluses to like, what are the, I mean, is there a bonus? Cause I, I, I I tend to want to ask people of experience when I say that, I mean, people that are, I I can't even use the word abduction, not even for you. Definitely not for you. Cause it's not an abduction abductions more, you know, that's like when you are abducting someone against their will. So Mm -hmm. I guess a proper, and you can't say experiencer because you know, it's just, you're having experience. Yours is a lifetime commitment. So yeah. to verb it better when you are when you are visiting with them do you find bonuses to it I do
1: And it's funny because it usually comes afterward. Um, of course, I've uh, co-authored a book with Kathleen Martin. Uh, a lot of work and research went into that. She did a lot of hypnosis for me um, that filled in some very small gaps. We took a look at the near-death experience I had, and I know that that ET was a part of that. I wouldn't be here today. I would not have survived if it hadn't been for him. Uh, Dressed as a nurse who came to my bedside, lifted me off the bed, rolled the sheets off, told me I was going to be all right. I was only given a 20% chance to live. And here I am. That was back in 1969. Hmm. Um, what what the were the doctor,
0: circumstances surrounding that? Um,
1: I had a double stroke for one thing. I was full of blood clots. I had emergency surgery where they removed all but three feet of my small intestine, took part of my stomach, some abdominal muscles. And then they said I have a clotting disorder oh. um, that they, they had no way to predict how this was going to work its way out and sent me home to die of malnutrition when I was finally better.
0: Wow. So they just basically said, here's some anticoagulants and good luck.
1: Well, I, yeah, wow. <laughs> basically. It was strong, strong blood thinners. Uh, then I was off it for quite a few years. And then um, I was given an MRI maybe mm, six or seven years ago. No, oh, maybe 10. And as soon as I sat up, it was a Friday, I felt pain in my arm. And I thought the needle might have broken off because they used dye contrast. Well, I'm highly allergic now to the dye contrast. It caused deep vein thrombosis in my shoulder. Hmm. And so back on the blood thinners.
0: So um, did you have an, an, an allergy to shellfish prior to that? No. Huh. No, I did not.
1: No. Um, the whole thing is very, very odd. But I think I was guided to where I am today by by the ETs. Um, I just have no doubt. And the near-death experience occurred in the hospital uh, while I was on my way to the operating room. And I saw a group of ETs, um, all a part of this vast place that I was, uh, that I was a part of it, but I said, where am I? And they said, you can separate out. So I could see 360 degrees without turning around. Um, There were just many things that occurred during that. So I think that was a lesson
0: also. You know, I'm starting to, hear, so here's where I'm leaning now. Since the beginning of the, before the podcast, and I started doing some, in, uh, you know, some research, it's perception. I wonder if the beings themselves, the actual biological beings exist in a different frequency, right? Because I, I believe personally, some of the smaller gray ones are a biological robot. With a conscious, they, they could access them like an avatar, you know, uploadable consciousness. Um, But the beings themselves, are, from everything I hear about them, the way they enter a room, the way they come around you, and some other people can't see them. It has something to do with perception, uh, and perhaps maybe people like you, some of the experiencers, you get the upload, right? Like that's I hear a lot. Me, me personally, I've never witnessed anything in life at all. Nothing, you know. I, it's, I'm fascinated by the topic, but and I'm I'm very open minded, and I'd like to research, and so I'm under the impression that. They operate at a different wavelength that we can't perceive. Even if they could be in the room with you and you wouldn't be able to perceive them. Um, I have to think that way because a lot of people say when they see them, they're they're typically associated with like what appears to be, um, I don't want to say projection you know, like a digital projection, but almost like they're, (laughs) right. yeah. So what I'm gathering from that is that you and select others have the ability to perceive them or the person that's in the incident uh, during it, right? Like uh, whether it be the abductee, the lifelong experiencer in that moment, whatever they're utilizing for technology, your brain, because again, if you consider human brain, still the most powerful computer on planet earth today still is. Yeah. You, you have that ability to perceive at that moment, which is why most people it's like a dream. Like uh, you have a dream and there's a lot of detail you wake up, but some of the details missing. Um, so that's the state that they're doing this in. Uh, I've spoken to some people, Denise, that have been, mm-hmm. that have smartwatches that have had abduction experiences and their REM states off the charts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've worked with some of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's real different. Um, My sense of that is I was on a craft and I saw little tiny greys. I called them robots, and I'm sure that they are exactly what you just explained. The taller ones, my tall gray is a physical being. I've touched him. But he has the ability to dissipate. To join, I don't know another dimension. He can he can show himself solid, opaque, and then show himself transparent, and then fade away.
0: It, it, to me, so for me, like when you see the UFOs and people are like all oh, these lights and the lights I saw, that light you're seeing, depending like so when it's like it's vibrating or it's or I'm sorry when it's flashing multiple colors. That's mm-hmm. when it's propelling. In my opinion, anyway, uh, because it's manipulating yeah. and ionizing the air around it, so it's changing the, But when it's stable, like in one space, it's more of a, a stable light. And I'm starting to think that they figured out a way to manipulate um, not just time, space, but the how to manipulate their frequency, their vibration, how they how they exist in planes. Maybe they could utilize dimensions to go to and fro. That's true. But I'm
1: looking at a situation now where um, you look up at a cloud, blue skies, some clouds, white fluffy, some little bit of gray, and all of a sudden, you see this craft. It appears, it comes out, appears to come from behind the cloud, but there it is. So speaking to some individuals that work with various types of instrumentation have suggested that our technology is now interfering with the craft's ability to remain quiet and at a place where we can't see them. All of a sudden, we're getting a flash of that
0: object. Yeah, we're, we are definitely pumping out as far as Wi-Fi, 5G. Yeah. that's That travels through space you know, the air, essentially, yep. right? Think about what a phone call is. You know, you're you're putting information into the air. True. And so, and then our military, we're constantly experimenting with new radar and, and scanners and different things to scan the sky and our okay. satellites. There's a lot of factors there. A lot of factors.
1: And again, there's something odd about individuals and it happened to me with a group one night. I think there were, yeah, nine of us. We had been in a meeting and came out late. It was like 1030. So we were all going to go to a restaurant and have coffee and talk about what it was a meditation group I ran actually came out and here was this object above the telephone lines right across the street. It was in the parking lot of where a Walmart had been and closed. No, it was a Kmart. So we're all pointing and saying, oh, my gosh, look at that. What is that? And it was a huge round globe, and you could see all this stuff moving within it. And we said, let's not tell each other what we're seeing. Let's go back to the restaurant, draw it. Well, eight of us saw it. The ninth one, an engineer friend, could not see it. And we kept saying, don't you see that? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. So we go to the restaurant. We all draw it, and we followed it. Uh, I went across the street in my car, went one way in the parking lot. A friend took some other people and went the other direction and followed it. It tipped on its side, and you could see it had a dome on top. You couldn't see that when it was facing us when we stepped outside at first. So this dome went over a little tree, the singular tree in that parking lot and dumped a whole bunch of glittery stuff. We couldn't find any of it because we went and looked and then it tipped on its other side and shot straight up in the air. So in drawing the picture, some of us saw the contents of this swirling stuff as Orange, some saw copper, some saw silver. Um, describing it, we all saw the same size. Again, except for the ninth person who saw nothing.
0: Huh? So again, it's a perception. That that ninth person lacks the the software. Uh, you know, listen, it's UFOs. Undoubtedly, are real. We, we can't argue that it. That's not an argument that can be made anymore because of the military and some of the military videos. Some of the professionals are coming out from the government. That's it's undeniable, right? Um, yes. As far as some of the, the the other things that people like you see, I really think some people just need certain software. When I say that to their brain, like they they have to have certain the ability to perceive these things. Uh, this uh, there are a lot of parallels between ufology and the paranormal as well. Yes,
1: uh, and vibration has a lot to do with it. Um, Kathy and I have discovered that. In our group, um, her, her latest book, Forbidden Knowledge, has come from our uh, experiences and research. And those of us who were in the room while we were doing that research caused a vibration
0: that we could all feel. Yeah. You know, everything in our organs vibrate. Our eyes vibrate. Everything about the planet vibrates. Everything operates out of vibration. Everything yes, yeah. the universe. It's, it's the, uh, it's the laws of the universe. So you're talking about a sophisticated race that's learned how to utilize that at a higher level, right? So much so. Yes.
1: And the people, including myself who have, uh, <clears throat> some memory or they're exploring it of a past life. Um, I have, uh, a lot of Uh, ability in hypnosis. And so if they come to me and they say, I want to look at a past life. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Um, We can work out the financial cost of it to you if you'd look with me at that place and time and see if you were involved with any kind of UFOs during that lifetime. Hmm. And sure enough, I'm finding that's true.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if like for me, um, people utilize the word God. I I view it as an architect, a higher vibration, a higher one of the highest existence Mm -hmm. of of being, right? Yes. Um, Unperceived by most because we it's for us to perceive something so great, it'd be mind blowing, right? I don't know that we can handle it. Now you have a sophisticated race that's monitoring us. They're they're a step above us, right?
1: Yes. Um, There's something. Uh, in their abilities. um, And of course, there are good guys and bad guys everywhere. Yeah. So uh, the ones that I've been involved in, absolutely, they come from a higher place and time.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's this argument. I've heard this in some of the the, uh, government speech. They call it a national security threat. Yeah, <laughs> if, it's it's funny to me because if these if they wanted to take over, they'd have done it a long time ago. They would not wait for us to have nuclear power and and just there's yeah. n- there's no shot that we wouldn't wait that long, right? That's that's that goes against every law of war, right? It, it does, absolutely. There, you know, if they wanted
1: to kidnap us, they would have kept us. Um, if they wanted to do more damage to us physically and and to destroy our planet they would have they can um and it's just not the way it is it is not um their need is for us to quit destroying our own planet
0: right and you know the motivator for that too um let's separate the idea that they care about us more that yeah the study they they don't, their motivation is let's not destroy themselves because this is a, one Earth entertaining, two it's a great it's we're their National Geographics right it's it's interesting to watch us and see how we evolve, and I think that's true yeah and I think we're one of very many planets that have life on it that they're observing I mean we can't manipulate yeah. space time we can't travel the vastness of space as of yet they can and there's a good possibility and when now when you look at the universe and you see how many star systems and galaxies. And and the idea now that there's a multiple of universe, there's bubbles of universes, plural. Mm -hmm. uh, They have their technology and they're doing everything we see them doing now. It's undeniable that they're watching other planets and that there's probably, I I guess to put it this way, multiple channels to tune into and Earth's just one channel.
1: Yeah, true. And it's also an oasis. Yeah. Oh, they come here because they have needs here. It's an easy stopover. Um, we've got so many minerals that, that the combination of minerals and, and water and life, I don't think it's matched on any other planet. Well,
0: it might be. We, to what we know, it's not.
1: <laughs> to so what we know. Right. Yes. So so
0: what we're considered is a, uh, a low percentage of, of problems. This is an ideal planet to watch because of what you just said. Well, we could watch them, observe and There's plenty. We, we now could utilize some of the resources there to sustain us while we watch them. There's probably a, a billion other Earth-like planets that have the same, you know, uh, properties, and they're probably watching them too. Now, there's probably some low-percentage planets out there. that are rocky and it's hot, but there's life. Right. And for them to watch that, it's, you know, well, we can only go there certain times, like how we do in the wild mm-hmm. we watch. Um, when we go out and explore different regions to watch animals. We can't go yeah. to Siberia year round. It, we, there's windows of opportunity where we can go watch these animals. And then the weather becomes uh, unforgivable. We got to leave. Same for them with certain planets. Probably. Probably. So true. Yeah. I mean, look, like, yeah, very possible. They found a planet, a gas planet that has some sort of biology living within the clouds. They could only observe that for times at a, you know, little time here, little time neighbor. Earth is ideal to watch. Because it's true. Yeah. So there's probably many planets that they're watching that we can't, we don't even know about yet that have the same properties as us and they are doing the same programs there. I mean, sky's the limit on that.
1: Well, yeah, it is. Um, And the ability for them to, we call it download information into those of us who can accept it. And know that we have something inside us that won't come out, not even through hypnosis. Because when we try that for that purpose, there's severe pain involved uh, and we have to stop. So what is in there? What if they put in our little storage bins uh, on top of our shoulders that we are not allowed
0: to share yet? It's a question mark, isn't it? It is. Big so one. we, you know, we would do the same thing. We, we would compartmentalize if we, so I think the first life that humanity discovers on their own, probably a few decades from now, because we're, we're looking to get out there. will probably be, will discover a planet that has biology. It's not transmitting any kind of radio or anything. Cause they're, it's a primitive world, right? It's, it's earth-like, but they're still, yeah. in the, they're still in the bronze age. And then, you know, maybe a hundred years from now, we're, we're going, we're traveling there. We would have to set rules. We can't go to this planet and, and, and disrupt the natural way of things. We can, however, observe. Right. And right. we would compartmentalize what the, the, the beings on our planet know. We might even be perceived as gods. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, the, on some of the planets and it's a wonder
1: we're not looking at some of these entities, as godlike, but we are warlike people. So we prefer to say, shoot them down.
0: I think we do see them as gods, not us now, but definitely when I, I read this study about ancient Egypt and about the, uh, the fire things that they saw in patterns in the skies and the way they describe, uh, their gods sounds a lot like, you know, ufology. And so in the, yeah. in, it's the eyes of the beholder, right? Because what did they know then? They, did, they had no comparisons, you know? No. Well,
1: some of the ancients, oh, yes. And some of our Native Americans, yes, yeah. would consider them godlike. But we're trying to protect ourselves from what? I don't know. Um, even the Egyptians, you know, if you go on a tour of the – Giza pyramids now. They the tour guide is no longer allowed to mention or point out the artifacts and the drawings of possible UFOs yep. and entities. They yep. can't bring it up.
0: Um, you know, we're a proud species. That's the problem. I mean, we're, we're we are so hell bent on being us and being individual that we don't behave like a species. Not at all. Not even close. Um, no. We just take a good look at what's going in Ukraine. It's crazy. I'm not even. Oh, yeah. I'm not even a thousand percent sure I understand what's going on there, <laughs> other than they don't want NATO at their front door. But it's it's the most bizarre thing to see two countries at war over a weird ideology and strange uh, strange plan development for the future. Now we don't want NATO there, and we're communists and we're a democracy. We're humans. At the end of the day, we're yeah. humans, right? Uh, we if you want to uh, if you want to call yourself a race, call it the human race. If you want to call yourself a if you want a religion, how about humanity and Earth for home? It's crazy, and so the observers that watch us, they see this and they're like, "There's no way these people." <laughs> There's, I mean, we could watch them. That's fun. I mean, they're they're yeah. undoubtedly entertaining, uh, and our motivation to stop them from nuking themselves so our project doesn't our channel doesn't go away. We don't want to lose our channel. A lot of science here, a lot of entertainment. We got to stop that from happening. Outside of that, that's the best of it they could interact, right?
1: True. And, you know, recently in some of our research, we are working with someone who can channel a group of ETs called the Council. And we have asked, um, what would you do? We asked them if we were going to go back and have a nuclear war. And they said it would affect the universe and other planets because we have such a degree of strength uh, in developing some of these weapons that we would put a stop to it. It's not going to
0: happen, right? Yeah, I mean, well, look what we did in one hundred and twenty years. Look where we. I mean, if you think about it, if ancient Rome didn't move in with like you know. Uh, Christianity. If they didn't go move into like ancient Greece and Egypt, if you ever look at the inventions from the ancients, they're pretty remarkable. And then one day it stopped, and that's because the law then was, "Well, that's not of God, and you can't that that's done, that's over. Shelf that. You're only God yeah. can know this much." <laughs> and so basically, <laughs> if you if you think about it, we're two thousand years behind,
1: right? Oh yes, we are. So what we yes. did in a
0: hundred and twenty years? I mean the the tech, the evolution of the smartphone in just a decade is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So we shouldn't
1: have some of the things as quickly as we do. It seems like there's a little glitch in the works and then all of a sudden we have something. Where did we
0: get it? Um, So there's a couple, there's a couple of parts to that. One, everything we have today for luxury and pleasure was a military application. Once upon a time, Mm -hmm. And so the military, if you consider their sources, everything the military gets from the rockets that we retroengineered from Germany to quote unquote, maybe crashed items that we found that as time goes, we start to understand, because our technology back then had no idea what the hell those, these crashed items were. We had no idea. But as we start catching up with technology, so certain parts of it make sense and 10 years from now, more will make sense. And then we'll see where technology goes there. Not to mention (laughs) how many humans on this planet have been visited who get downloads, who then go on to become great inventors. They're not exactly sure where these brilliant ideas came from, but yeah. something got, they got a download somehow. That's true. Um, and I've spoken
1: to two people. Um, one was a relative who worked at Area 51, also worked for Bechtel Corporation, and they are behind the scenes involved in an awful lot of this stuff that goes on. Uh, with crafts and so forth. One of the individuals worked out here at the Cape and he was, they're all restricted. You can do this and not that you go through this door and you can't go through that door. So one hand didn't know what the other one was doing. And this gentleman uh, was one that escorted astronauts onto the shuttle. He was there when the big explosion was in, Oh, I believe it was 86, and he was walking by a console one day during a time when a shuttle did go up and saw something he shouldn't have seen. Hmm. It didn't go with his, this hand is the one you work with and not that one.
0: Right.
1: He lost his job. He lost all his retirement, and they would not acknowledge the fact that he ever worked there. I've seen all the pictures, all the paperwork, everything he did. And they can tell you, oh, he made it all up. No, he didn't. What is it that he saw? There was an open shuttlecraft. They were working. Um, and the bay was open. They were up in space. And there was an entity standing discussing something with the astronauts. It was He was enormous, a big, tall entity um wearing a helmet and he was moving about and of course when that catches your eye you're going to stop and look at it right. and that's what this gentleman did
0: yeah i mean i you know it's funny you say that um I, when i was a kid there was a wrestling event in tampa and it's the first time i ever saw the undertaker and i, I wasn't go- even going to the event i wasn't oh. i was in uh the undertaker's a wrestler. Yes. And so I'm walking with a couple of friends and we were going to a separate event, a small concert out there. We were, you know, teens. And I remember the undertaker catching my eye, like my about snap my neck left. Like who is that? That guy's enormous. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it took my attention right out of what I was doing because I was so in (laughs) in shock of this huge man. So I Uh can see, I (laughs) can understand that. Yeah, so it just ain't right. <laughs> yeah. Well you're just walking talking to your friends about a concert and uh, some there's a yeah. cover band you're gonna go see and one glimpse of this enormous man and your your full attention's on it. So I can oh, understand yeah. that completely. Yeah. So
1: yeah, he lost his job. And on the other hand, uh, my family member who has passed away now, um met an entity. And also was in a craft. And he said, the reason we don't have perfectly good flying saucers or discs is because they couldn't spend more than five minutes inside without getting violently ill. Hmm. They could not figure out how to stop it. And they wanted to, of course, like they're doing now, back engineer one of the crafts. Well, if they haven't figured it out up till now, that's why we don't
0: have one when you hear they get violently ill that that makes i always wonder the occupants of these things and some of the, the amazing things they do in space time as fast as they're doing it the inertia effect doesn't seem to apply to them cuz the, these crafts every every time you see one take off in in great speed you don't hear the crack and and of the sound barrier being broken you don't see air being disturbed Things around it don't... No. They, so I think what what's happening to them is when they're in that specific craft, in my opinion, is that whatever protects these beings from the inertia and the, and the gravity, uh, maybe that's what's making them sick. They didn't know... Because the one Bob Lazar was in, uh, he didn't have that effect. But then again, that machine was not operating, right? It was completely powered down. Yeah. Uh, and, and the same thing happened to Bob, too. Bob Lazar was compartmentalized. He wasn't allowed to know what team... B and C were doing. He was only there to work on his project directly.
1: Right. And that's the way it is. I I worked in a research facility for the military and I had a key, key card actually. Um, But once I was within the building, there were only certain areas that I could use that key to enter. So it's all the same idea. There's a lot of simulation labs. A lot of things that I saw being developed, which was new weaponry, um, is now a toy you can buy at the store. Yep. <laughs> so um, we've developed an awful lot um, in just a few years' time. Um, there are pieces of weaponry that are amazing. Um, I had a clearance, so I was able um, to watch. I was called up on the roof of this building that I worked in, and they had, oh, gosh, it was just a little higher than my waist, so maybe four, four and a half feet tall. It was a kind of a contraption, almost looked like a tripod with a little more arms to it, and about a mile away out in the field, and it was on university properties where this building is, only way out, and they said, watch. So myself and a couple of the engineers and the developers, you couldn't hear anything. There was no sound, no nothing. There was a truck a mile away. It disappeared that's how powerful this weapon was.
0: Hmm.
1: There was not a mark. The trees weren't burned. The ground wasn't scorched. None of that. And I said, did you develop this? What? How? How's the thing operate? What, what is this all about? And they just said, uh-huh. And that's what we have. So that's all I was allowed to know. But it was absolutely amazing to watch.
0: So we just... Uh, we just unveiled our new uh, stealth nuclear bomber, right? And Uh I watched this on YouTube and I was like, you know what? What a clever thing to do is say, look what we have here. We're going to unveil it to leave to the imagination. Imagine what we have, you know, Uh reverse back to when China was testing their, their hypersonic missiles. We had no, we didn't even give a response. It's almost as we said, yeah, whatever. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, because usually when China does something, we have big responses to it. There was nothing to that. And people are like, well, maybe it's, you know, it was a blow to our pride. No, it really wasn't because that would be the focal point of every politician. Well, we got to step up to this. No response. It's as I say, you have a nice toy, but ours are much, much better.
1: Yeah. Ours are bigger and better. And um, we get real quiet until something like that is displayed um and again what's developed now into the sale of toys um it's just all well it amazes me it fascinates me
0: people think like cell phones bluetooth and gps is brand new that's been around since like the late 50s it started becoming sick we were work that's that's what our military used our 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 military had gps long before we knew what it was. Our military had Bluetooth long before we knew what it was. It's the cellular capacity of phones long before we knew it. Military had it. Facts. Yeah. I mean, so try to imagine when it, what it, it became more prevalent in the nineties, like everyone had access to the internet and a cell phone, Bluetooth, maybe the two thousands. And we've had this a long period of time before release because it was, yeah. we didn't want it in, Public And the reason being we don't want the public it because then our enemies could get it and retroengineer it. Well, if we're throwing that out in the open, imagine what we have in the back channels, you know?
1: Yeah, true, true. Um, and the military develops a lot of things, a lot of stuff for like the FBI police departments. Um, they had very interesting pieces of equipment for that. Um, I was able to volunteer for a shoot or don't shoot scenario. And I had this thing in my hand and I was amazed how that worked. And then I was in a simulation dome. Um, They were trying to test uh, civilians who had clearances and told me how to identify what I was looking for for them I had to sign reams of paperwork because they said I would get sick. Well, I think one of the after effects of being taken, nothing makes me motion sick. Nothing. Hmm. So the simulator pilot of this got ill. You get sick, they told me, anywhere from 20 minutes to three days after working in this dome. Um, I loved it. I never got sick nothing. (laughs) So they started to use me as a guinea pig, um, to see if they could make me sick and they, they could not.
0: Wow. That's interesting. So that's, I mean, that's, well, that's one of the bonuses, you know, so let me ask you this, some research I've done and to to put the example out before I mentioned it in my, in the room I'm in right now, um, a lot of microphones, uh, in one intentional for a podcast, a couple more intentional for a podcast, one non-intentional. There's an Alexa sitting in here. There's my Google assistant. There's cameras all over this, this room. Uh-huh. Do have the abduction reports, are they minimized now? I mean, do we make it easier for them to monitor us? Like, Because if you consider, I imagine when they physically need you, it's like going to a doctor, right? Well, well it's you're, you're here for your checkup, and between checkups... You know, they can monitor your health via probably a phone call, right? So they don't really need to have, you know, to observe us up close right now. We've made it easy. And so when you have your anal checkup, perhaps maybe that's when a physical thing happens. But are you finding in, in your investigations that the abduction phenomena start to like lessen?
1: No, that isn't starting to lessen because working with the Experiences Resource Team, we are there to support experiencers. And we have been so busy that both in old uh, memories that people have and new ones, uh, the changes that we've seen are there aren't very many claims of implants. They just don't exist that much anymore very very rarely Um, what they have done that we've noticed we we're not sure what it's all about yet there can be a tiny scratch mark behind someone's ear that resembles oh maybe they had some kind of skin graft they are able to put an implant type device right into our skin
0: well you know Imagine this, when I hear implants are reduced, everyone on this planet carries a computer in their pocket now, all of us. yeah. And so for them, again, (laughs) our technology, I say this because Edward Snowden blew the the whistle on the government. Like, oh, they're monitoring all your emails, your calls. There's billions of people they were watching and spying on all at the same time. That's what our technology. Now you have a sophisticated race watching us. And for them to watch, I mean, it's it's in every. How many people are staring at their phone? And in that phone, they're staring at is a camera staring directly back at them, whether it be activated or not. It has a microphone and camera. We've made it very, very easy to be observed. I bet you at some point they had a meeting. They're up in a in a craft somewhere. Like, listen, look what these guys are doing. We don't (laughs) have to. We we just save so much resource and money. Not having an implant because they're carrying these things now, it makes it easy yeah. for us. They and they can't put them down for some reason. They it's glued to them, and eventually, yeah. like you said, like you, uh, you know, Elon Musk and some of these other companies are talking about putting chips in the brain mm-hmm. to have so you could utilize uh, social media and information and Google right in your own mind. As said, yeah. At that point, forget it. They don't. They're probably gonna have another meeting. Well, there's no reason for implants anymore. We can now monitor them freely and that well. No matter True. what time, sleeping, not sleeping, traveling, whatever they're doing, we can monitor. I mean, it, we're made, We've made it very easy.
1: Yeah, and and we used to get a lot of reports from women who have had what they we call missing pregnancies, or they've seen uh, their own children that are hybrids on crafts. Um, they had to take sperm and they took eggs. And they started to develop these things. Now, I think they're just working with DNA. They're taking our DNA when they need it and developing these highly sophisticated creatures, entities, humans, whatever you want to call them, without all the trouble they had before. Because their technology and ability has developed at a rapid pace beyond ours.
0: Of course. Yeah, everything... Everything with technology progresses forward, right? It's, it's uh, yeah. with the exception of humans, it, technology might destroy us, right? We might, it yeah. might get to the point, If imagine a world where we're all hooked up to some chip in our brain and it takes one hacker to ruin society as a whole. One. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. that's, it's kind of dangerous. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of people say, and I say this a lot, a lot of people like, oh, abduction sounds like horse shit. Well, we abduct all the time. We abduct animals all the time. We, we take do. DNA from them. We cut them open to learn what they. We found a frog that could, that produces a, a toxin, but it never gets sick. And and we found a, a form of crab that it has something that it can never get cancer. And what do we do? We cut them open in the in the numbers of thousands. At least we get sent home. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we get escorted
0: home. Yeah, there's a tremendous <laughs> amount of animals out there that don't see home. In fact, they don't even know life past that point. I'll, I'll never forget the day I was watching a documentary and I saw a mouse with a human ear growing on it. I was yes. blown away by that. Ah,
1: uh, isn't that amazing? I've seen that.
0: Yes, now for those people who say abduction sounds scary, do you have other limbs growing off you when you go home? No, you're <laughs> no. <laughs> you just get to go home. So.
1: Yeah, that is true. Um, you know, my fear, I remember one specific time that I was taken. My fear was that I was going to have this craft. I was in shot down by my own people.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Do you remember the movie uh, Independence Day? And yes, they went on the news and are asking people of latest LA to stop shooting at him. <laughs> Yes, unprovoked. They just—they were there, yeah. like a, so. But that's humans. We 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 example that kind of behavior all the time, just in small indifferences, Let alone a yeah. whole new species. Uh, we yeah. we still have race. If you could believe it, in this era, racism still exists. It's, it's, it's terrible. Mind blowing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it's really terrible, and it expands extends out. To people who are disabled also, yeah. that, that's absolutely, it, it's all one and the same. Um, I have a daughter with cerebral palsy, but she speaks and she walks. I'm very lucky that way. She's not wheelchair bound, but as a child, when she walked with a limp, I remember hearing my neighbor across the street saying, oh, to her kids, you can't go over there and play. There's
0: something wrong with her. Wow. Yeah. It's it's incredible. It's the it it just it's unfortunate because again, how do we, our technology's evolving faster than our ourselves? Like yeah, very much. we we say we're in a we're we're an evolved species, but we're behaving <laughs> identically to what we were in the 1920s to the 1940s and we we you we utilized uh literature and law to to kind of bridge the gap and and make it seem like there's equality, but it's really not there it's no we're so far behind uh
1: what can you accept and and what can you not right. um there was a craft I was on um and kathy helped me figure out what I was seeing. Helped me with some hypnosis because the craft, I was invited to see the operation system of this. And when I walked into the room um, where that system was, the floor was running, had fluid underneath it, it had walkways. And I looked up and looked at the end of the room, and it was run by a
0: mechanical, biological, organic entity. You know... Uh, I'm gonna tell you, that's exactly what I thought if, when I was a kid. The first time I heard about UFOs, because I was a pretty witty kid, and I remember asking the questions. I remember so when Challenger exploded, right? Um, uh-huh. and I was like, "There's no way we're going to visit other planets. We're not even close." Yeah. And I'm a kid thinking this, and I remember thinking like, if something were to go across the, the vastness of space, it would have to be a smaller craft, and they would they wouldn't need to be able to eat. And I was like. I always thought even before the idea of uploading, downloading consciousness, I always thought like, what if you just put your brain in, inside the craft and then you could go see everything and you're immortal, right? Because your brain yeah. is, so long as it's sustained inside of a good enclosure, it's fine.
1: Yeah. I, this was an entity and it was female. I knew it was female and she could read my thoughts and she said, do you think for one minute basically that I'm locked in here because I felt strong, sad emotions. Hmm. And then I I thought she's talking to me and she said, I can leave anytime I want, but I can't just walk out. So I think she was trying to tell me that her, her being, her soul could leave and take a break.
0: The, The fluid you saw below you. Um, that was in inside the craft, yeah, yeah, it sure was. When you hear about fluid moving like that, so consider what what water does amongst like metallic rocks. It, it creates a yeah. magnetic field. Um, it, part of the reason Earth has a magnetic field is because there there's fluid metal at the core of us, right? It's the the so maybe they figure out a way to create magnetic fields that alter inertia and have them travel through by. Vib- frequency. I'm going to read, yeah, I'm gonna have to read about that. Cause the minute you said fluid, the first thing that pops in my head is, well, there's fluid in a metallic object. And if it's uh-huh. moving about, it's creating a magnetic field.
1: Yeah. And, and this entity said to me, um, there are many of us and we can communicate and we all know where each other are uh, when we're out She didn't use the term flying about, but I forgot what it was she said there. And that when they were called back to this mothership, that it was so enormous. All these little pods attached to it uh, when called to return. So it makes me wonder what was running that mothership must be amazing.
0: We got to consider strongly that. Here's the thing. There's there's some asteroids out there in a, in a belt surrounding us. Um, some are very large, and I Ish. remember reading a study a long time ago. If we were ever going to travel the vastness of space, it would not make sense for us to build something large here, take off and fly through space. We would probably be better off finding a very large asteroid, something the size of a city, and hollowing it out and creating the internal part of the asteroid to be our ship. Because nothing, the the external rock would protect us from mostly protect us from radiation and, and debris of space. Yeah. Ah, so when I think about what they might have as a, what we call a mothership, I think we, in the most people's minds, when you hear mothership, you think of large metallic object. I think in terms of there being like a, a large asteroid that they hollowed out, they can mm-hmm. move it in and around space with E with great ease, Right. And again, it's yeah. very protective. Yeah, it
1: is. Good thought. Um, it would be wonderful to be able to capture some of these odd, well, you know, the object that flew by and they thought it was not an asteroid. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it was flat. It, 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 it didn't reflect light until it hit a certain uh, part of it. And it Uh it was moving from interstellar space rapidly. So much so that we we couldn't even catch up with it. If we want to launch something at full capacity to catch it, couldn't happen. Yeah, true. Um, so that's into my mind. I mean, Denise, I, I, I as a ki- kid, an adult now, even a couple nights ago, cause I, I go to bed at night listening to documentaries. I don't go to sleep in silence. Uh-huh. It's not possible. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, for I, I sure. listen to these programs. I'm like, and I'm thinking, like, how are we going to travel space? And even as an adult, the same imagination fueled by the child of me said there's no way we're going to go to space and build this large metallic thing. Because if you look at the the International Space uh, Station, it's got to come down. We're taking it down soon. It's externally made of metal. Small objects the size of of pebbles are dangerous to it. But if you have something that the the first 30 to 40 feet layer is solid rock, you're very well protected. So if you get a very large asteroid, find one out there and hollow it out. Nothing better. Hmm. And to steer this thing through space, we're learning small propulsion on the exterior thing can move it. I mean, I I feel like the future is not going to be building something large in space, rather finding something existing and building inside of it. Like, I I think we're approaching the moon the wrong way. We're going to go on the moon, build, what, a surface place? You have to go below ground for it to be sustainable. Yeah. Same thing with Mars. You'd have to build below ground because in Mars, you have these crazy... Uh, tornadoes these these uh, windstorms sandstorms yes and then the hot oh, yeah. and cold and then if consider this the atmosphere of mars is basically non-existent so if some asteroid comes in here it's not going to burn up in the atmosphere if it hits whatever we build on the surface it's over unless mm-hmm. we build below yeah. we'd have to go below
1: yeah that's true um until and unless we can create what they're hinting at, the new terraforma, that if we ever lived there before and destroyed that planet and came here, and now we're feeling like we're going to wreck this one, we need to go back there and begin to form another atmosphere, strange as it might be, a little different, so that they could again come to the surface.
0: Yeah, it's plausible. We'd have to admit a lot of carbon into the atmosphere to exist already right because mm-hmm. then you you have like what what what's destroying our planet is what's in need to restore that one right we need that carbon greenhouse effect to to restore that correct one. and then we have to reduce our own somehow which good luck with that we love our stuff so yeah we do <laughs> <laughs> who knows how that's gonna go yeah we, we don't know um i'm gonna
1: keep researching i'm gonna continue to look back into people's past lives. How did this all begin for them? Um, We're finding that if nothing else, they had witnessed a craft. Um, I did in my last life where this thing, three of them would fly up through this. It was an old mining town uh, where we were. My father was the miner, the main one owned it and was getting silver and gold and another kind of ore. And these crafts would come up between the foothills, and I would see myself and everybody in town running up through the mine tailings into the mine to hide.
0: Hmm. So that was our predator experience. That's primitive man, right? And so they're like, yeah. oh, what is that? That's It's got to be a predator. You know, that's our instincts. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> You know, if you really want to know, that's why we're so bad in our social dynamic today is because we, we still fear the unknown. We still fear what we hate the idea of someone believing something we don't believe. That's crazy. And that's why religion has oh, yeah. many wars. I said this to a few people because uh, a lot of people think I attack religion and I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because of, I, I don't not believe in God. I look at him as an architect. I believe in God. I just don't believe in religion. Right? I don't believe in religion at all. I think it's I, it has a pretty good message to it, and I, I can understand And yeah. the scary part. Here's a scary part. There's people on this planet that um, they don't kill other people because they're worried about the outcome of, of God or hell. Right. They're reading yeah. these words. That should scare people in themselves. So you have to somewhat understand why religion exists. There had to been some kind of rules for these people of free will who get yeah. angry at different things. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and they, religion, a lot of them have to use fear. They have a right. fear base right. in order to maintain their congregation and their money making. Um,
0: it, it's just. Um, yeah. I mean, if imagine you met someone, Denise. Okay. Like, hey, he, he expresses to you that he doesn't like you. And the only reason he's not going to kill you is because he's afraid of going to some fiery pit to center of the planet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I'm not going to hell. I've heard people say that. That's crazy. I'm not going to hell because I do so and so and so and so. Um, I don't really? know. If,
0: I mean if people need literature to say it's not right to kill another human that's a scary yeah. thought like that's should, yeah you know?
1: <laughs> and it's probably a good thing for that reason uh, imagine turning us all loose on each other uh, i don't think it would end well
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's so at the end of the day when people want full disclosure and they they got to come to terms with, we still got to behave as a species first. We got to start mending these wounds that we have, these, these crazy differences of ideology and nonsense before we could even consider before, oh, yeah. speaking to uh, a higher entity.
1: Absolutely. And we've got to recognize the fact that why should we be the only people in existence in this vast universe? Why Um, What good is it going to do us if we don't experience some of the other things, uh, people, places
0: that are out there for us to enjoy? Um, Yeah, you know, uh, the problem is, is we have like SETI and we're looking for radio waves. Now, we've only been broadcasting again for about 120 years, give or take. And for our radio waves across the Milky Way, it's something like 100,000 years So let's, let's say there's a civilization that's been around for 80,000 years and they're very advanced. They didn't Mm -hmm. get our message yet. (laughs) They're on the (laughs) other side of the galaxy. They didn't get our message and we didn't get their message yet. They've been around 80,000 years. We still got 20,000 years to go before we start getting their messages in, you know, according to what all I've learned at the end of the day, though, there's. I think there's a strong possibility in nearby uh, star systems that we're going to find primitive life. We're going to find Stone Age uh, beings. We're going to find beings in the age. Yeah. And there's probably a large quantity of of planets that have life that are equivalent to us, are right level with us. But again, we're sending yeah. out something across the, the, the Milky Way. And hypothetically speaking, we have a, a civilization that's equivalent to us, technology and everything, on the other side of the, the uh, Milky Way we're not going to hear from them <laughs> not, yeah. not for a very long time. And how yeah. many, how many life forms on planets have already gone extinct or killed themselves or, or, you know, or haven't even come to become yet. You know, there, yeah. there's so many possibilities it's, it's endless. I, I sit up at night, Denise, and think about this stuff constantly. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, it, uh, it never stops. And you know, I think I, my, My past life, the one just before this, had a lot to do with who I am now. Um, And when I was in the hospital, I recognized that personality and I had kind of left it behind. I would never be speaking to you as I am right now because I was a mousy little character afraid to speak in public or even to too many people on the telephone, when I got ill and I said, that's not who I am. I want the personality back that I was before this lifetime. And I took her back. Um, so I'm researching a lot to do with her life.
0: That's got me interested. We're going to, have to talk about that in itself. Yeah, before- it's very fascinating. Before we close out, Denise, uh, mention any books or anything or anything you want people to be uh, advertised. I'll put in description.
1: Okay. Well, the book that Kathleen Martin and I co-authored, The Alien Abduction Files, um, that's just written to show the truth of the matter that people are taken. They're brought back and their stories are in between. Mine is the first third of the book. Um, There are some photographs, so read and learn. Um, And then Kathy's new book is Forbidden Knowledge, and that covers at least a year, maybe two, of the research that she and I and one other individual have been doing. So um, educate yourselves.
0: Perfect. For those of you listening, we're going to say good night, good day, good evening, whatever it is for you, and I'm going to talk to Denise in post. (music)